All right. So uh, good evening, everybody. So the topic which we're going to explore is uh, based on a, a Shiloh which came up, a question which came up, that there is a project which had been arranged, I assume, out of Eretz Yisrael, whereby people uh, around the world are going to be saying Kaddish for some of those people who were killed, some of the 1,400 or 1,500 who were killed back on October 7th on, uh, on Shemini Atzeres' Simchas Torah. And uh, I guess the instructions as they were initially uh, presented were not uh, so clear. And people were wondering, uh, do they say Kaddish for a month, 11 months, 12 months? How long are they going to say Kaddish for these uh, these people? It's not as if they were hired by the family explicitly. This is just some project which was put together because we know the names of the people who were, who passed away, who were killed. The uh, these uh, Kedoshim who were killed, and not all of them necessarily have somebody who's going to be saying Kaddish for them. So this is, uh, you know, one project which uh, somebody uh, somebody conceived. So uh, in order to uh, answer the question, so we really need to find out uh, a lot of information. There's a lot of uh, different stuff which we need to know. Some of it may be a little bit more obvious, some of it a little bit less obvious, but we're going to take a step back. We're going to explore, in a certain sense, the origin of St. Kaddish. Who is supposed to say Kaddish? Who is it uh, who can uh, achieve the goal of saying Kaddish? And then we'll talk about with Kedoshim, whether or not Kaddish needs to be said, different aspects of it, ultimately ending with the conclusion about how long those people who are going to be saying that Kaddish, how long they're going to, uh, to say it for. And it may, uh, depending on how quickly we get through some of the background information, so it may take us two weeks to get through the uh, the topic, uh, but I don't want to feel rushed to have to finish tonight all of the uh, the material and then not get, uh, not process it uh, as quickly. So that's why we may go, uh, may uh, extend it into next week. Okay, but the first thing we have to find out is, and hopefully this is now on the screen, and that is, what is the origin of saying Kaddish? Where exactly does that uh, that practice come from? Why do we say it? What's the goal? All of that. Okay, so we're going to begin, not necessarily that this is the um, the origin, because we're going to see, we'll see the Ramah, and then we'll go backwards. But it first appears on the page of Shulchan Aruch in the Ramah. So this is a Ramah in Yoridea. You can see in the beginning of Hilchas Avelis, Simen Shin Ayin Vav Siv Dalet. So the Ramah writes, Benimza Bimidrashos. So if you search different types of Midrashim, you'll find Lomar Kaddish Al Av, that a child says Kaddish for a parent. Here it, he just mentions father, but it's both father and mother we're going to see. Lomar Al Av Kaddish Basu Chodesh. Therefore, says the Ramah, based on these midrashim, so the common custom is to say Kaddish Basu means the last Kaddish. That would mean the Kaddish after Aleinu. That's the primary Kaddish, which is for the Avelim. So we say the final Kaddish for parents for 12 months. That's the way the Ramah brings it out, a full 12 months. V'chein nagul haftu binavi. And was, as we'll see in the Rivash, there was also a practice for the Avel to go ahead and to say Haftorah. And it, it doesn't seem to be that this is limited to the Shabbos before the Yortzite necessarily. It seems to be at any opportunity during the year, the Avel would say the Haftorah. And there's also a practice specifically for the Avel to daven 
on Motsoi Shabbos. Mariv on Motsoi Shabbos. Why? What's unique about that time? Shehu Azman Shechozim HaNeshamos LeGehenim. So this is based on the idea that Gehenim closes on uh, on uh, on Shabbos. That uh, that there's everybody gets a release from Gehenim on Shabbos. Everybody goes to I don't know wherever neshamas go when they're not in Gehenim. So all the neshamas are released right before Shabbos, and then when Shabbos is over, so the neshamas have to return. So as and that's why there's actually a practice to daven marv a little bit later or to daven slowly on Motzai Shabbos in order to delay the return of the neshamas to Gehenim. But here, the practice is for the Avel specifically to daven, uh, to, to, to lead davening on Motzai Shabbos, because that's when they're going, and you want to delay, the, you, you want to provide them with extra schus, extra merit, at the time that they are returning to Gehenim. And now the Ramah says that when the child davens, says Kaddish, or sanctifies uh, Hashem's name publicly, Mikadish Barabim is referring to the recitation of Kaddish. So the what this accomplishes is, according to the way the presentation of the Ramah, is it redeems the parents from Gehen. So just like you would redeem any captive from uh, from where they are, so Kaddish has this capacity to go ahead and redeem the parents from uh, Gehenim. It provides them with some sort of benefit or it alleviates the suffering which they experience or the judgment which they experience. It's not clear what exactly Gehenim is, is doing, but that's not our, our, our Indian right now. That's not our focus right now. But it's something which is being done by the child through the behavior of the child. So this is going to be beneficial to the parent. And that's why Kaddish is said. Okay, what's the origin of this? So now we go backwards in time. The Ramah, part one of the sources which the Ramah drew his opinion from, is this Ravash, the Ravash Kuftes Vav, where he says as follows. He says, He says that there was an enactment, there was a practice which was adopted, which is to say Kaddish, following the passing of uh, a parent, Based on here, it says Hagada, but it means Agadata or Midrashim. What does it say? So, this is one version of it. Hamachas Paga Regbi Ploni, the Mace Echad. It's interesting, they don't even tell us who the, uh, the, the Tana was, but one of the Tanaim bumped into the soul of somebody who was deceased. Shahim Koshesh Eitzim, Venosin Al Kesefo. And this person, uh, this, uh, this Rebbe Ploni, I think they say it was Rebbe Kiva, so he saw somebody. Uh, a soul gathering wood and schlepping the wood on his shoulder. Amarlo benim lamalacha. So Bikiva says to this neshama, uh, "Can you explain what you're doing? What's going on?" So Amarlo he said, "Rabbi, kol mishpatai." He says, "This is my judgment. This is my, uh, in a sense, my punishment." That it's not bad enough that I am going. I'm punished in Gehenim, but it's my responsibility to gather the wood for the fire of Gehenim. That's what I have to do. So asked Is there anybody who could help you with this? Could you like outsource this to somebody else? You could like uh, call Amazon and maybe they deliver Uber or Fire or something like that. Can't you go ahead and get it somewhere? Amarlo, to which uh, the, the, the Neshama said, that there's nobody who could save me from my circumstance. Imlo unless my son says Kaddish, oh, 
or says Haftorah in order to give honor to God on my behalf. So if my son will say Kaddish or say Haftorah, that will help me, but nobody else is going to be able to help me about it, with this. And if he does this, He says, I know that that merit will stand in my place, will, will support me, and will provide me with protection. So, so Rabbi Kiva went, and he told the son of the deceased what the message which he just received, that the son has this capacity, has this ability to go ahead and provide assistance for, for his father to help him in his circumstance in Gehenna. And he went ahead and he instructed the son, do everything that your father's neshama told me that you should do, which would be helpful for him. Okay, beautiful story. Not over yet. So he says, Liyamin, sometime later, Nigla Elachacham Hanizkar, Pamacheres. The Neshama of the deceased appeared to Rabbi Kiva again. Vayomarlo, and the, the Neshama expressed incredible Hakarasatov, incredible appreciation to Rabbi Kiva. He says, Tanuach Daitra, you should have peace of mind. You should not be anxious about anything. You should be able to experience peace of mind. Because you gave me peace of mind, even in Gehenim, because you made my circumstance where I am easier. The Alzeh, and based on this Medrash, the, the Rivash says, so based on this medrash in the various versions of it, so that's where the practice developed that a child says Kaddish for his parents, the Kaddish after Aleinu for 12 months, and also to go ahead and to say the Haftorah. Because that's all that was said in the Medrash. All that the, the, father's, the father's neshama said in the Medrash was the saying of Kaddish and the uh, and Haftorah. Now the Rivash adds... Some have the practice that the Avel will daven mar for the tzibur. He'll be the chazan of the shliach tzibur on Motsoi Shabbos. Why? Because it's at that time that those who are in Gehenim, those the Shamas which are in Gehenim, that's when they return. Because Gehenim also takes the day off on Shabbos. When they say, ain't going to work on Saturday, so they sing that in Gehenna too, that they're not going to work on uh, on Shabbos. And it's possible that when the Avel davens marv, leads marv on Motsoi Shabbos, that will provide protection, that will provide some sort of assistance for the Neshama, specifically at that time, right before the Neshama goes back. And that should be the will of God that that should happen. And that's the end of the quote. The, that's the end of the quote. Okay. So, um, so that so that is the origin, and that would be again in the origin of the halacha. It is specifically done by the child. All that was mentioned so far is that the child is going to say it on behalf of the parent because that is going to be poda them from Gehenim. Again, I'm just repeating the uh, the exact words that that's going to redeem them from Gehenim. Now the question comes, the question arises, what happens for those people who pass away and don't have a child who's going to be saying Kaddish for them? So what happens? Somebody who is a childless or somebody who died, which is or somebody died as a child, many of the uh, the victims back from October 7th were children themselves. So obviously they didn't have any children. So, or what about between siblings or a husband for a wife, a wife for a husband? So what exactly do, how, how far 
can we draw, can we expand this circle in terms of saying that Kaddish is going to be beneficial? If anybody says Kaddish for the deceased, does it help? Or is it something which is, we're going to be literalists in terms of the Medrash and the way the Rivash presented it, and we're going to say that it's something which is unique for the children to say, but not for any other relatives. We're not going to expand that uh, that outwards. So one of the first to speak about this is the Tshuva of Binyamin Zev. I don't know who the author is, but it's a... um, It's something which uh, is is quoted often enough by the uh, the Ramah. In the base, the the Ramah, really. So he says, He says, we've now demonstrated, he quoted some of the same Midrashim, that saying Kaddish is something which is a merit, it's something which is beneficial for the deceased. And it's good for their Nisham, it's good for the Nisham of the deceased. Nochiach, we can now prove or demonstrate Shein Roy Lashar Krovim Shriyom Ur Kaddish Azeh, Bizman Sheish Yisom Rebesaknesses. So the Binyamin Zev, the Chuvas Binyamin Zev, is addressing the following question. Now you have to remember, we're going back a few generations when the practice, certainly amongst the Ashkenazim, was that only one person would say Kaddish at a time. You didn't have all of the Avelim saying Kaddish, trying to do it together in sync, which sometimes we're good at, sometimes we're not so good at. But it was back in the practice, which you have. Yekis still do it nowadays. I know Intels, they do it nowadays, where only one person says Kaddish at a time. And if you are somebody who wants to say Kaddish, so you have to find out who the Gabai is and find out whether there's a Kaddish which is available to you. In the same way that we have rules about who gets a daven for the Amud, whether a person's in Shiva, whether a person's in Shloshim, a person has a Yorzite, a person has yud based Chodesh, a person is from out of town, they're from town, they're members of different shoals, all the different rules which apply, which we apply for daven for the Amud. So back in the day, they used to apply that for saying Kaddish. So here, the Binyamin Zev is addressing the question that there are some Avelim in Shul who are children of the deceased, and then there are some Avelim in Shul, let's say they are siblings of the deceased. And each of them wants to say Kaddish. Each of them wants to have the right to be able to say Kaddish. So do we say, listen, they're all Avelim, they're all mourners, and therefore if they're all mourners, we're going to divide it between all of the mourners equally? Or do we say that the sons, the children, have more of a right, quote-unquote right, have more of a right to say Kaddish, to, you, to take up the Kaddishes, than the non-children of the deceased, the other relatives of the deceased. So here the Binyamin Zev says, I could prove to you now, we're going to prove to you now, that other relatives don't have a right to say Kaddish ahead of children, ahead of children of the deceased. How do we know that that's true? Because he says, amazing assertion he makes, he says that other relatives, when they say Kaddish, it does not generate a schus for the nifter, the same way when a child says it for a parent. And he's going to explain that there's a unique dynamic, a unique relationship between child and parent. And that's why when child says the Kaddish for a parent, it's something which is going to help the parents of Shama. But when other relatives go ahead and say Kaddish for the deceased, it's not going to be able to help, we're going to say, in the same way. It's not going to be as effective. And this is consistent with what we teach. Chazal say that a son can do things which will be a schus. That's mezake. Bra means son. So a son can be mezake, can do things which will be a merit for the father. But a father cannot do things which is a merit for the son. Children can do things which help the neshama of the parent, 
but parents can't do things which are going to help the neshama of, uh, of the child. And being that a child saying Kaddish for a parent is the highest level of benefit that can be provided. So, and if we see that, sorry, I should read the other way. And if even a father who wants to say Kaddish for his son, Rahman it's not going to be so beneficial. It doesn't, it's not as powerful as the child who says it to the father. So if a father says it to, for a child, it's not going to be so uh, helpful and beneficial. So certainly other relatives are not going to be able to say Kaddish, are not going to be able to demand a place in line to say Kaddish, uh, being there, they are not going to be able to generate the same benefit for the deceased as the children. So being that if the children say it, it gives a tremendous chus for the nifter. Other relatives will say it, it's not going to be so helpful. So why give it to somebody It's not going to really be helpful for anyways, when you could let it be said by those, by the children, for whom their recitation of Kaddish will be incredibly helpful. So just in, in terms of how to prioritize and, which, and get the biggest bang for our buck, so we're much better off with the child saying it for a parent than any of the other relatives saying it for the deceased. And then he says, So when the children are actually there, the orphans are there, the children of the deceased, clearly they take priority and they get all of the Kaddishes. Now he says, now the Binyamin Zev says, wait, now I know that I'm making a very bold assertion over here, that Kaddish only works child to parent, and it doesn't work any of the other relatives. Uh, but not only is it a bold assertion, but seemingly there is a direct, there's an explicit chazal which runs counter to my assertion. What is the explicit chazal which runs counter to my assertion? So explains the Binyamin Zev, don't ask, he says, don't challenge me from the Gemara which tells us that Davin HaMelech was able to elevate the soul of his son, Avshalom. Remember, you don't have to know too much about Tanakh, but you know Avshalom, David Amal's son, rebelled against him. He wanted to become the king. Avshalom ends up dying, ends up being uh, being killed uh, as a consequence of his rebellion. In David Amal went ahead and David for Avshalom, David for the, the neshama of Avshalom. Ba'omer, and he said, Avshalom b'ni, b'ni, he mentioned the word b'ni eight times, and that brought him out of the, uh, the, uh, the I think, the seven levels of Gehenna, and then was able to bring him up into Shemaim. In this Gemara seemingly in, uh, uh, illustrates, demonstrates us, the fact that a parent can do something which is going to be beneficial for the child. And therefore we should say, just like David HaMelech was able to daven for his son of Shalom in order to take him out of Gehenna and to help his neshama, so we should say anytime a father who, would, who would say Kaddish for his son, Rahman al-Islan, it would be beneficial for the nisham of the child. We should say that it's going to be just as valuable whether it's child saying Kaddish for a parent or parent saying Kaddish for a child. Vuadin, and once we know that it could work even for a parent to say for a child, so maybe that means we could, ex- we could expand the effectiveness of Kaddish. Vuadin Shahar 
And therefore, we would say that even if a, uh, a Kaddish is being said by a sibling or by a grandson or by a grandfather or by a spouse, so maybe also it's going to be just as effective and everybody should have the same uh, right to say Kaddish. Says Ibn Yamin Zeb, but nice try. He says, the case of David HaMelch in Avshalom is not really similar to our discussion about the recitation of Kaddish. Why? Chada, first of all, and he gives a number of reasons. We're not going to see all of them. He says, He says, when David HaMelech went ahead and helped the Neshama of Avshalom, it wasn't that through the recitation of Kaddish, through David HaMelech's recitation of Kaddish, he was able to generate merit for his son. And it was the merit which was generated, which lifted up the Neshama of Avshalom. Not at all. That's not what was going on. But rather, what David Amalek did was, it wasn't a recitation of Kaddish, he was davening directly for the neshama of Avshalom. He was distressed, in pain, by his uh, his son's death, and therefore he was davening for him. It's obvious that David Amalek's tefillah specifically for the neshama of his son, that is effective. Because not only can a parent daven for the good of his child, you can also daven for the good of your friend. Because when it comes to a tefillah, tefillah is a different mechanism, and that can be said by anybody, for anybody. You can even daven for somebody who's not your relative. And Chazal, in many places, say that it's a great benefit to go ahead and daven for the benefit of somebody else. All the tefillahs that we're saying, for the soldiers and for all the citizens in Eretz Yisrael, that they should be safe and that they shouldn't be in harm's way. So those tefillahs are certainly effective because that's working in the mechanism of tefillah. And when you tap into the mechanism of tefillah, so then anybody can daven for anybody. And if you're on the level where Kosh Baruch Hu is listening to your tefillahs, so it'll be effective, and it could it could provide benefit for the uh, for the other the other person. Now this underline because this is important because sometimes people don't realize this. Even people saying Kaddish don't realize this. Aval hakaddish hazeh eno tefillah sheispala ben alaviv bifnei Hashem sheyaleu mishol mata. He says the recitation of Kaddish is not a tefillah, it's not a prayer, it's not a request that the child is making on behalf of the parent that Hashem should lift up the neshama from Gehenim, from wherever they, they happen to be. It's not a tefillah. Ella, but, so if it's not a tefillah, what is it? But rather it's a schus, it's a merit, and something which we're just going to translate it as it's a benefit for the father. In what way is it a benefit? It's a schus for the parent. When one of the parent's descendants publicly sanctifies God's name, that's the Yakti Shashem, they publicly sanctify God's great and awesome and honorable name in the presence of a tzibor. And as a result of the Kaddish sayer, when you lead Kaddish and everybody answers, so what you're doing is, on account of the leader of the Kaddish, so Hashem is becomes one and his name is one. 
So it becomes a Kiddush Hashem that this person is leading. When everybody answers, Amen He kapara gedola v'nefeshav. So that that itself, the the sanctification of God's name, the public sanctification of God's name, being led by the child, that is what generates the schus for the parent. Kaven she'etzem me'atzamav u'basar mi besaro, being that you know, that uh, an extension of your bone and an extension of your flesh. Is the cause when it's your descendant who is the cause of God's name to be publicly sanctified, that creates a merit for you because you left behind this sanctifier of God's name. So it's not a tefillah that we're asking God, please take care of the neshama of so and so. It's the sanctification of God's name, which is being generated by your descendant, that automatically becomes a schus, that becomes an automatic merit for you. But the Binyamin Zev is saying over here that this is a very different mechanism than tefillah. Tefillah, anybody could daven for anybody. And as we said, if you're if you're on a high enough level or the, the tefillah is sincere enough, so it's going to be able to uh, impact others in a tangible way. Whether they're alive, whether they're deceased, that's a mechanism of tefillah. But Kaddish doesn't work in the mechanism of tefillah. Kaddish works in the mechanism of generating a schus. And when you're trying to use the power of a schus of the deceased, so that is only effective when it's the offspring, the direct offspring of that person, which is able to generate that schus. But to go ahead and start crossing wires and saying siblings to do it, or even a parent to a child, so that's not the same schus. That's not going to be able to generate the schus, which is going to be a benefit to the neshama. Not everybody agrees, but this is the opinion of the Binyamin Zev, that it, for other relatives to do it, it's not going to work. And then he says, tam He says, this is why this is the value of Kaddish being recited specifically by a child. And based on this reasoning, the schus mechanism, rather than the tefillah mechanism. So then we say, So that's why a child could generate that schus for a parent. Because they are one and the same. They share similar DNA. So they're, they're, one, they're one and the same. And all the mitzvahs which the, in, in the good things which a child is going to do is going to be able to have an effect and it's going to be able to be helpful to the neshama of the, uh, the parent. It's a very powerful statement. But he says that the merit which is generated and the mitzvahs which are done by any of the other relatives of the deceased, they don't create that merit, which is going to benefit the deceased. It's wonderful things that they're doing, but it's not going to be the schus, which is generated by the recitation of Kaddish, that public sanctification of God's name, or the benefit which is, uh, which is, uh, which is generated by saying the Torah or doing mitzvahs. That's a unique dynamic which exists child to parent, but it doesn't work by any of the other relatives, even the other relatives which you have to mourn for. Aval But in the event that you don't approach it as, a, as another relative, other than the child, if you don't approach it from a schus mechanism, a schus approach, but you, 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 uh, you approach it from a tefillah type of perspective, so pshita shatol b'tefillah he, 
So then it's obvious that that feeler which you say for the person, davening for the nisham of that person, that will be beneficial. You don't even have to be a relative to daven for somebody else. Provided that you're a good enough person, that your tefillahs are going to be heard and accepted, and they're not going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, grabbed by the secretary before they get to the uh, the CEO's office. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is merciful, and He's gracious, and He listens to everybody's tefillahs. But these are two different mechanisms which are here. There's a tefillah mechanism and a schus mechanism. And Kaddish's old Kaddish works specifically in the schus mechanism. And that mechanism is a unique dynamic. I'll get you one second, Ellen. That's a unique dynamic between that the child is going to be able to do for a parent, but it doesn't work for any of the other relatives. And it doesn't even work for the parent to generate schus for the child. That also doesn't work. Yes, Ellen. So if the child isn't able or capable of saying Kaddish and they pay someone to do it, is that the equivalent? Yeah, so we're going to get to it. That's part of what we're uh, we're, we're going to get to. Remember, believe it or not, we're only on source number three. <laughs> we have a lot of sources to go. But uh, but yeah, but uh, we're, 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 we're going to talk about that and what exactly the uh, the parameters of that are and who, yeah, we're, we're going to get to it. So okay. a woman could say Kaddish for her parents, right? What, say again? A woman can say Kaddish for her parents. I, I was consciously avoiding that question. Thank you very much for assisting me in uh, being able to uh, to, <laughs> to to avoid that. Maybe um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 get to that. Maybe we'll save that for the end. That will be the uh, the the exciting conclusion of this uh, this whole thing. But right now we're going to uh, we're going to pretend you didn't ask that question. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. I owe you one. Okay, now we get to the tshuva of the Mario. So the tshuva of the Mario um, is, now this is now uh, a, a, another aspect of it. And this is, um, the Mario is one of the Rishonim, one of the later Rishonim, but he plays a very dominant role in Ashkenazi halacha because the, the Beis Yosef generally does not quote the Mario. Beis Yosef had a very limited um, uh, repertoire or collection of Rishon, which he quotes. And one of the jobs of the Ramah, one of the responsibilities of the Ramah, is to go ahead and expand the scope of what Rishonim we get to see. We're going to make it to, uh, make it into Halach Lamaisa. And that's one of the things that the, uh, the Sfarim that the, uh, the Ramah commonly quotes is the Maharil. So he's very plays a very dominant, a very important role in the formulation of of um, of uh, Ashkenazi halacha, especially because Mariel actually has three different, so the way they print it nowadays, there's three different sfarim. Two of them are tshuva sfarim, but one of them is the Mariel wrote extensively about the halachas of yamim tovim and the halachas of davening. So since that obviously plays a major role in Ashkenazi practice, the er- the areas of davening and yamim tovim, so the Mariel, that's where you, you would see uh, very often in Orachayim, you'll see lots and lots of Mariel quotes. Okay, so he says now, um, now the Mariel, obviously from the time of the Rishonim, so there were a lot of crusades which are going on at, the, at that time and, and whatnot, a lot of Jews uh, being killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem. So he was asked, we'll just go, jump over here, that Shahora Vihinig, he says this, this Moreno Mitronbork somewhere, that 
That there was this idea. Now remember, we said that the purpose of saying Kaddish is to generate a schus for the deceased, because the deceased finds themselves to some degree or another in Gehenna. And by the child saying Kaddish, we just saw from the uh, from the Binyamin Zev. So when the child says Kaddish for a parent, so it generates a schus for the parent, then that's going to elevate them or somehow alleviate or take them out of Gehenna. So now they wanted to know what happens if somebody was killed al-Kiddush Hashem. They were killed in sanctification of God's name. Somebody said, either you convert to Christianity or we're going to kill you. And the person said, I am not converting, uh, I don't care what you do, but there's no way I'm converting to Christianity. And Rahman al-Islam, they went ahead and killed them. So the question is, does the child say Kaddish for his parent if the parent died al-Kiddush Hashem? So he says, they, and somebody actually passed him not to say Kaddish. Maybe the reason is because we say that we say in Masechus Machos that somebody who is killed Al Kiddush Hashem, somebody who is killed in sanctification of God's name, which we're going to define uh, broadly in generally that anybody who is killed simply for being Jewish. So the fourteen or the fifteen hundred people who were killed around Gaza and all of those uh, those communities who were killed, they were killed simply for being Jews. Nobody asked them their philosophy of life. Nobody asked them whether they're practicing religion or not. Nobody asked them whether they believe in a God or not. They didn't ask them any of those things. They killed them for the simple reason that these are Jews and they wanted to eradicate Jews. So all those people died al kiddush Hashem. So here, one of the Rishonim suggested that perhaps. Those people who die al Kiddush Hashem, you don't have to say Kaddish for them because the very experience of dying al Kiddush Hashem, so Masecha Smacho says that 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 person who dies, it, all of their sins are forgiven and they're not considered to be a Russia at all. And therefore, why they're not going to get him. If the moment that they die al Kiddush Hashem means that all of their sins are forgiven, so they're dying sin free. The only the only reason why a person needs to go to Gehenna and the Shaman needs to go to Gehenna is because there are some lingering sins which are uh, which are attached to the Neshama, which need to be cleansed. So Gehenna is this cleansing process again. Whatever exactly that means, it means, but it's a cleansing process to get rid of sins. But when a person dies al Kiddush Hashem, that the very experience cleanses them of all of their Averas, so then they go straight to Gan Eden, and they don't need Gehenna. So if they don't need Gehenna, why do you need to say Kaddish for them? Kaddish isn't gonna, it doesn't do anything for them because they're already out of Gehenna, and they already find themselves in, in Gan Eden. So that's the question. Is Kaddish recited for those who die Al-Kiddush Hashem? So he says, so the Maril writes, he says, Al-Dvar HaKaddish Liyasme HaKadoshin. As far as the recitation of Kaddish, by the Yisomi, by the orphans of those Kiddoshim, those who died al Kiddush Hashem, who were killed al Kiddush Hashem. He says, Anulo Shmiali, Mar Bishem Rabbeinu HaKadosh. He says, I, I, I never heard this quote from Rabbeinu HaKadosh. I don't think that's Rabbi Yudha Nasi, but this great rabbi that you're quoting this halacha from, that you don't say Kaddish when somebody died al Kiddush Hashem. I never heard it. Aval shamati but I did hear other people say that, not the name that you quoted, but I did hear it in the name of others. But says the Mariel, But I didn't pay any attention to it. Why? Because in my opinion, it's obvious that Kaddish should be said even for Kiddoshim, even for those who died al Kiddush Hashem. Why? 
And my reason is based on the halachas of Avelis, written by the Maram, one of the Rishonim. Davi mitam mishpa Rishayim beganim yud chodesh. He says, because there's a notion that there is a judgment for Rishayim for 12 months. Rishayim end up in Gehenim. They don't get out, uh, they don't get out uh, uh, early for good behavior. They spend a full 12 months in uh, in, in Gehenim. And, and uh, the Kasamari or Zaruah Bemarach, the Tzachli Sabal Akidoshin. And they wrote that, uh, that one of the reasons for the uh, uh, observance of Avelus for 12 months, we all know that the Avelus restriction, when a, when a child loses a parent, there are Avelus restrictions for 12 months. So those 12 months of Avelus restrictions is also connected with the fact that the parent is experiencing or potentially experiencing Ganem for 12 months. We haven't qualified the 12 months as of yet. And therefore, he says that you should be Nisabel by the same token on the Kedoshin, those who died on Kedosh Hashem, Vert Mitshuvaso, and he elaborates on this, Vesov Davar, and he says that at the end of his final conclusion is, He says, anybody who claims that you're not Misabel, that you don't mourn for the full 12 months for somebody who died on Kedosh Hashem, that person making that claim, that person needs kapara. That person needs atonement because obviously you would go ahead and you would do so. So therefore he says, just like I heard explicitly that there's going to be a veilus for the full 12 months, so it follows from my perspective, asserts the Maharil, that you're also going to say Kaddish for the full 12 months. Why, why, why differentiate between the Kaddish and the Avelus? And he says, And he says, I heard this, this part of it explicitly from my Rebbeim, now, I don't know what specific historical event he is referring to, but something happened at a time where there was um, a lot of people were killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, a lot of Jews were killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, in the city of Prague. And at that time, whenever that happened, so there was a movement or there was a suggestion that maybe there's no reason to mourn the Kedoshim who were killed in Prague because they're so Kaddosh. Why do you need to mourn over them? They're already in Gan Eden. They're, all, they're good to go. But the conclusion of the Gedolim in that incident was, no, it, it's appropriate to go ahead and to mourn. Vihi Gufa, Nearly, and says the Mariel, I like that. I like that approach. The Mariel is not denying that somebody who died al kiddush Hashem is considered to be kedoshe elyon. Is considered to be the highest level of sancti- sanctity. Is incredibly high level. They are at the highest levels of shemayim. And nobody else could stand even close to them into Shemaim. So the Maril is not saying it's not because I don't believe that the Kedoshim are not on the highest level of Ganadin. It's not because it's not as if they don't have floor seats and they're right there, right in the action, seeing everything up close and personal. It has nothing to do with that at all because I believe wholeheartedly that they are on a higher level than we could even imagine. But he says, But we can't deny, this is talked about at the end of Masechus Yuma, that there are some very severe Averas for which the only atonement is, for example, an unusual type of death. And for some people, the only way to achieve atonement because their sins were so severe is if they experienced the pain of Kavura, the, the, pain, the pain of burial. Like Reb Simcha writes, 
the chen of Ramban, and the Ramban also writes a similar thing. And because sometimes a person may have done something where the punishments are incredibly severe, such as karis and various other things, and therefore, even somebody who's a kadosh elyon, even those who are kadosh elyon, that their neshamas are incredibly high levels because of the manner by which they died, they died literally like Rabbi Kiva, al-Kiddush Hashem, but nonetheless, who's to say that that uh, uh, some form of atonement is not going to be beneficial for them? Dilote machi, because if you don't say this, that even somebody who died al-Kiddush Hashem in their Kedosh Elyon, they're at the highest levels of, of Shamayim. So what are you going to do? If you have a child whose father was a well-known tzaddik and a well-known gadol b'tor from the time that he was a young child. Everybody knew about this person from the time that he was 10 years old. He was destined to be a gadol and he was a gadol and he was a tzaddik and all of the great things they have, you know, uh, genuine biographies about their piety and their righteousness and their scholarship. Atumilo by Kaddish, are you going to say that the child of that guttle in Torah and that guttle in piety, the child is not going to say Kaddish because his father was such a tzaddik? They write about him the tzaddik in our time. So if you have a reputation, your 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 Arya Levine was known as a tzaddik in our time. So you're going to say that his children don't say Kaddish because he was a tzaddik? Of course not. But because we know that sometimes death provides full cleansing of the neshama, sometimes Yom Kippur, sometimes Shuvi, you need a combination of things. And sometimes you have a person who needs all three things. They need to do tshuva, they need to go through Yom Kippur, and their death is going to go ahead and provide them with the full cleansing. And therefore, by all people, it's not a statement, it's not a suspicion that their behavior is bad. It's just the reality of things. There ain't tzaddik baritz. There's no such thing as a tzaddik in this world who does not sin. And therefore, elachayshin and shem of bad bekaparos, maybe in some way the person didn't recognize the value of the kapara process. Oshar chashashos, or whatever other uh, concern that we may have about their behavior, which we don't know for sure. But we don't go ahead and we, we don't uh, we we don't assign people tzaddik status to the degree that we don't say kaddish for them. And bechazinan yishai make the etio shel nachash venera. We find that David Amalek's father he was not sinful at all, and he was one of the people who died without sinning. And he went ahead, and nonetheless he had to go ahead and die. And the only thing that we could trace to him was a residual effect of the chait of Adamarisha. And the Maril says, somebody such as you, the person he's writing to now, or the person he's responding to, you would clearly understand such a concept, that regardless of how holy the person is, how righteous the person is, what a great tzaddik the person was, we still go ahead and we say, we say Kaddish. And Eov will prove this. And Shaul and his sons, they did battles for the sake of the Shem Shemaim, for the uh, for Hashem. And nonetheless, they still needed the assurance that there's going to be that they are going to be together with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, despite the fact that they died Al Kiddush Hashem. So we see, it says the Maril, that even a person who dies al Kiddush Hashem, it's still appropriate to go ahead and say Kaddish. It's still necessary to say Kaddish to elevate their, their, their neshama. And therefore, this is not going to be an exemption.
Okay, so so far what we established tonight is so far is that Kaddish is not a tefillah that's said for the deceased, but rather it's a me- it's a mechanism of generating a schus for the deceased. And there are certainly some opinions. We'll see now a little bit more later on how far we whether we possibly like that Binyamin Zev, but there is a notion that maybe it's something which is reserved for children to do for parents. But none of the other relatives, a parent can't do it for a child or any of the uh, uh, other relatives. But the main thing is, is that saying Kaddish generates a schus for the deceased. And then we said that even if somebody dies, Al-Kiddush Hashem, which elevates them to the highest levels of Ganeid and their, their Kedoshe Elyon, nonetheless, it's not a reason to not say Kaddish for them, even though there's a Havamina like that, but we would still say Kaddish for them. And now we'll see Mirza uh, Hashem next week at... What time is class next week? Next week, class is 8.30 Chicago time, 9.30 East Coast time. So we'll see about why common practice is to say Kaddish for 11 months rather than 12 months. And then we'll see about somebody who is a shliach saying Kaddish, and we'll try and get to Mel's issue about a, a daughter saying Kaddish for a parent as well. We'll try and touch upon all of those things and ultimately answer the question about how long one is going to be saying Kaddish for the Kedoshim who were killed on October 7th, how long they should be saying the Kaddish, whether it's going to be a month, it's going to be 11 months or 12 months. All righty. Thank you, Rabbi. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. All the best, everybody. Have a good, good job. Rabbi, can you stand for one second? I have a question for you. Thank you. Yes.